Estate planning made easy. This is The Strong Room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Back with you on The Strong Room. Earlier this year, we told you a story about Brad Krusky, a Calgary dentist, and his sister, Janine Herman. They are involved in bringing dental services to communities in Guatemala. Sherry McMillan now on how that kind of experience can be worked into a life plan and how the benefits can go a long way for a long time. What drives philanthropy, first of all, for those who, uh, who want to do something? Well, I think, you know, Janine and Brad are amazing examples in our community of how we choose in our lifespan to give back. Um, And we're thinking it from the point of view of we want to enjoy the benefit of our philanthropy prior to passing and that we can make a difference in our own lifespan. And that's a new way of thinking, Peter, because historically our parents and grandparents would often do philanthropy um, in their estate. One of the things I always share with families is whether you think you're philanthropic or not, you are. And you are because you are giving some of your estate to some sort of cause. You're just letting the government decide. So you have a choice. And if you don't want to choose that the government spends it on roads or perhaps um, new budgets that you don't care for or their own causes, then the choice you have is to do that philanthropic work in your own lifespan and choose who your charity is. So you get to be in charge of your estate, which is a baseline consideration for everybody who does an estate or life plan. That's right. So for many families, I use the case study of, you know, if you have two children, in fact, you actually have three and the third child is Canada Revenue Agency. And if you're a family that have U.S. assets, you may have a fourth child, the IRS, and they are entitled to a component of your estate as you grow and build it. How much better it is, though, for you to select that child. And then usually we're going to select that tax burden and we're going to give it to a charity that we feel passionate about that has touched our lives in some measure or fashion. And by doing it in our lifetime, we have control over it. And so I think Brad and Janine are a great example of taking back our control as we build our estate and sharing it with the causes that we fill are important in our communities. And many times uh, our case studies that we see in our own office are things that are close to heart for many. So, you know, as an example, Peter, cancer touches so many of us in the community and we have many families that want to give support to cancer. Um, But more and more today, we're actually seeing a new shift in families when they're doing philanthropic work that they're actually crafting their own cause in charity. And we can see that in the exact example that Brad and Janine have. They didn't wait for a charity to align to their value sets and beliefs. Instead, they co-creatively created it themselves. And that kind of control and passion drives that philanthropic work and it gets others excited as well because what happens is it's contagious and now we're seeing you know many Canadians reaching out the way Brad and Janine are in giving back to the community in that way and so I think this is a modern approach to philanthropic work is that we don't have to fit into a particular box we don't have to only support the Red Cross we can actually select something that's close to our heart and then give back to the community in that particular way. 
And philanthropy becomes something more than just writing a check. That's right. And we're seeing that as a very traditional approach today versus historical. So historically, we would write a check, like you say, and give and get our tax receipt. Today, we're finding a much more active philanthropic community. Um, One family I can think of that I specifically adore because I've had the privilege to see their philanthropic work over the last 20 years is they actually support a charity that has orphanages in Africa called Hope Ethiopia. Um, They have not only supported it financially by writing a check, but more importantly, they have actively participated in the growth of that charity. And they've even taken their grandchildren um, to experience building these orphanages and meeting the other children. So now they have instilled their value set and their beliefs in their grandchildren when one day these grandchildren are going to have that affluence to share with the community. And they won't think about doing this planning when they die. Alternatively, they will carry on in grandma and grandpa's footsteps by doing it in their lifespan. Do people come to you saying, uh, whatever, I need a life plan, I want to, you know, make sure that I'm protected and that I'm not overpaying tax and, uh, and things like that. And philanthropy isn't something that they've really thought of. And then you bring it up and say, what about this? Um, what do you hear in response? And, and then how do you go about crafting something that will help them achieve a goal that they maybe have just come to realize and had never really thought about before? It has become a very common need in our community to give back. Um, that awareness that we can actually make a difference has come to light in these generations. It is because we do have affluence to share. But what I've noticed, Peter, is people haven't correlated the fact that they can choose who they pay. So it's one thing to do something philanthropic, but if we get to not pay Canada Revenue Agency and choose where those tax dollars would have otherwise gone... There is an empowering position there because your value set is displayed in your estate. And so what we're finding more and more often is as we bring this conversation forward, when we're doing an estate plan for a family, is they've never given it contemplation that they could actually do this while they're alive. That's a new thinking. And once they realize they can, then the creativity just starts to explode in the family unit. And it often becomes a family discussion. It's not um, one person, you know, with all their value sets being driven to create the charity of choice. It's a family discussion and exploration of what is important to them and what they're passionate about. And the great part about it is there's sort of a crossover because as people come into the retirement shift of life, it opens up a window of time for them, a window of time where they get to find their purpose and do the play that they were hoping to do in their life. And so this just naturally fits into that right timing of life. And because we're living so long, you know, we're living to 100 nowadays, um, we have lots of time to do a piece of our time spent on philanthropic work and creating something that we feel passionate about. One great case study I can give is a, a lovely couple I know you have met, Peter, because they've come on air in prior shows. And that is the Shepherd family, and they're okay with me sharing this. But as they started to shift into retirement and they were wintering in Florida, they saw a great need for um, people that were homeless. And so they themselves created a charity to help feed the homeless in Florida. And this is what they do with their winter. So they go off a little bit, and they also help people that are in a homeless position. And the joy um, that this family has found during their retirement phase I think is so much more astronomical than if it was only about golfing. And so the purpose is really 
relevant, I think, to enjoying those decades we have ahead of us. And the really great part is the whole family has participated. So like in particular holiday seasons, the grandchildren go down to Florida to enjoy the property, but grandpa makes them go help him with the charity. And so they're learning great values and beliefs from the grandparent group as well. And, you know, it's a certainty that these children and grandchildren will carry on in the footsteps of their grandparent because it was mentored to them. It's not just some theory of you should, there's an example of it. And there's no shortage of philanthropic opportunities. Uh, it's not just a case of handing the money to the taxman and letting the taxman decide how the money is going to be used. Uh, there is any number of ways that uh, you know someone can help in a cause or help an individual uh, and and uh, and get a receipt. But more importantly, as you say, have the have the pleasure of participating in the philanthropy. Uh, to help uh, move the project forward. I think that's what's so interesting about philanthropic work is it's as um, broad and um, expansive as your own imagination where you see a need. And we find this to be the case with many of our entrepreneurial families because they naturally see gaps. That's just how their brains work. And so when they're shifting and slowing down in business, they often see gaps in the community at large uh, socially or in you know healthcare or in the other areas that we all feel passionate about, maybe animals. And all of a sudden they can fill a gap and take all their business acumen that they once used in the business and apply it to something else. And you see them thrive in this way, Peter, because not only are they creating a charity, but they get to use their skill set that they've gained all their lives and have that charity flourish and blossom. So I think that this is something that a lot of families, while they're looking at their life plan in their estates, does very well to spend time in this area in contemplation and brainstorming. And for some of our families we've worked with through the years, you know, it takes them two to five years to craft the right passion because it is a passion um, and find what is that exact purpose that I want to um, create in the in basically my family unit, but also in the community at large. So, you know, don't rush into this. That's not what I'm suggesting. But know that you have philanthropic planning in your estate. It's called Canada Revenue Agency of the IRS. Or you can choose your philanthropic giving and participate it in a way that it gives you meaning in your own life and, of course, the community as well. McMillan Estate Planning Chief Executive Sherry McMillan. That's our program for this week. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.